from the number one best-selling author of Life Rescripted. You're now tuning in to the Year of Purpose podcast. I'm Zephan Moses Blacksburg. Mario Chamorro is a radical optimist, community organizer, and happiness prankster. He grew up next to an active volcano in Colombia, and in 2004, he left to move to Boston. He learned English there while waiting tables, parking cars, and teaching salsa lessons. A few years of hard work and good faith resulted in a master's degree from Columbia University. He's held several positions on Wall Street, worked as an energy consultant in Boston, and organized anti-corruption programs in Columbia. Today, he's considered an international ambassador for happiness, who has spread smiles across three continents and swapped stories with politicians, former guerrilla combatants, and countless community leaders. His work with Make It Happy has touched millions of lives in the private and public sectors. He's presented at TEDx events internationally, given a talk at Google headquarters, spoken before a UN panel on happiness, and built workshops for socially conscious corporations, and done so many more things. Mario, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Sifan. It's uh, my pleasure to, to be in your program today. So let's get started with talking about how you grew up, because, you know, many people here, we share their stories on the podcast of, you know, how they came to be where they are now. And I think your story is quite different. So tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up and, you know, walk me up towards when you made the big move to Boston. What was in your big decision to actually leave home and go to Boston? Absolutely. Uh, Maybe if I can have uh, one word, it's basically curiosity right curiosity so when i was in pasto colombia which is my hometown uh you know that's a beautiful small town in the south of colombia uh, between the in the bordering between colombia and ecuador i grew up next to a beautiful active volcano called galeras and uh kind of like uh i don't know i don't know when when you come from a small town a lot of people tells you that you know the biggest that you can dream is to is to get a job in the capital which is bogota and to work for a multinational company right but that was it Mm -hmm. and especially in the early 80s right so where you know like internet wasn't wasn't being there i mean wasn't um wasn't wasn't available for us so it was really hard to connect with the outside but anyways i had a great time Growing up uh, between between the farm, between the house, uh, high school was fun. And then uh, when I was 16, I got one of the worst uh, SAT uh, test results. So <laughs> a lot of people started telling me that, you know, kind of like the, the best that I could do was just to stay at home working for on the land, right, with the cows and so on, which I love them. But I wanted to do something different. So then I moved to Bogota, and in Bogota, one day I was able to meet this guy who was running for president, and I really liked his his uh, ideology. And then I asked him to, you know, like to join him as a volunteer in his campaign, and he got elected. And that's how I start uh, doing my first uh, kind of like professional jobs in terms of uh, public sector, mobilizing people to fight corruption. Because in Colombia, as well as many part, other parts of, of the world, corruption is a very big problem. And um, in 2004, then I just got the curiosity 
to do something else. So I decided to sell my things and in less than three months I was already in Boston and I didn't speak English at all, uh, no, uh, no friends and I didn't basically, uh, I didn't have money at all and then I was able just to find a job as a valid parking and in, in winter time, which was very, not very smart from my end, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how I started. So, you know, you, you talked about how, you know, curiosity is this big catalyst for growth. And, you know, for me too, right? Like that's where my podcast came from. That's where a lot of the big things that I've done have come from is I've been curious and I want to learn and try new things. Do you remember what it was like and what you were feeling, you know, when you first stepped off the plane? I mean, did you have a plan as to where you were going to stay for the first night when you came here? You know, what were the first few days like? And, you know, was there any fear in what you were doing? I was lucky enough to have one friend in New York. So I remember uh, I got to JFK at 3 a.m. It was the first time that I was flying internationally in my life when I was 24, when I came to the U.S. And, uh, you know, being in the JFK and then kind of like suddenly land there and like lots of people start talking to you in so many different languages that were totally new to me. It was great. And my first stop, you know, I took the uh, train and my first stop was uh, right in front of the Chrysler building on 42nd Street. And that was kind of like the first uh, image that I saw uh, of the U.S. was the Chrysler building. And that was really powerful. So every time that, I, that I'm around 42nd Street in New York City, I just keep staring at the same spot and, you know, I kind of like start... Uh, being very grateful with the Chrysler building because it was a very magical moment. So it was magical more than um, more more than fear. So I spent a couple of days at my friend's house in New York, and then I moved to to Boston. I spent a couple of days um, with with a cousin that I have, but she was just getting married, so she didn't want to kind of like to you know like to to spend her first day of, of marriage with uh, with me, uh, which, of <laughs> course, you know, like, that was totally understandable. And then I kind of, like, I ended up sleeping one night at the, um, at the Boston Public Library. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and was that just until you could figure out what to do next? Yes, and then, and then thanks to Craigslist back in 2004, I was able to to find one room and then and from then you know like I started making friends and basically you know I was able to move to different I mean to better houses or or to houses where at least with people that I know that's really cool so one of those nights was spent in the library when you were coming into New York you know you're looking at the Chrysler building you're seeing a totally different language for the first time um, you know, I often picture it a lot of the times like they do in the movies where the person is standing there and everything's moving by them so quickly, you know, they can't really process what's going on because there's so much happening. Do you remember what the dream was? I mean, you know, you were curious and you wanted to try things, you know, a little bit differently and, and check out a new lifestyle. But like, do you remember what the dream was for you? Did you have a big goal of, you know, who you wanted to become when you came here and started over fresh? Not at all. I guess 
dreams um you know dreams you have like big i always have a bucket list right so during the bucket list you have things that are it take more time to achieve but also you have other things that you can achieve in a shorter period of time so back then my only goal was to learn english and uh i didn't have any other goal i mean i didn't never saw the possibility of me um uh, doing all these kind of things I ended up doing uh, 10 years later, but uh, I that never crossed my mind. It was my only thinking was, you know, I'm here to learn English and to explore and to make the best out of this trip. Nice. And so, you know, you became a car driver, a valet driver. How yes. did you figure out, you know, where to move to the next step? Like what was what was the next job that you worked after that? And how did you even find it? Because so many people, you know, I, I have friends now that, you know, they went to college and they studied a certain thing and they got out of school and they're working a job just because they need to make money. And it has nothing to do with what they learned in school. And they have no idea how to discover what they want to do next. How did you figure out what to do next after getting that first job? True. So I, it was a very magical moment, but... um. Again, kind of like in a, you know, life sometimes, I mean, life is, for me, is kind of like it's a video game, right? So in a video game, uh, you have different worlds, right? I mean, let's say you're playing Mario, Super Mario, and then kind of like Super Mario goes and advance in different world, worlds. So, you know, like basically first you are in the easy level, basic level, and then you're going medium level, hard level, and then, you know, like each world has its different features and magic and things and each world teach you a different superpower so sometimes i like to see life on that way kind of like if i was you know like a cartoon of the video game and every new job or job or every new experience is a different world and i'm just trying to make the best out of it and just to gain whatever superpower i have to learn from that particular uh word so back then um it was a magical moment because I remember it was uh, December 24th and I was parking cars uh, again in the winter in Boston and so I was on the street and suddenly um, a guy was driving, um, you know, he came to the restaurant that I was parking cars and he had a sticker on the back of his van and the sticker said Columbia University. So, you know, it kind of like opened the door for him, for his family. And I always share my dreams with uh, strangers. So I immediately told the guy, the driver, hey, you know, one of, one of my dreams is to, is to study at Columbia University. Too. And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, like, you know what? My daughters go to Columbia College. I don't think you can make it. <laughs> so, so in that moment... Is uh, when reality kind of like strike my head and say like, wow, you know what? <laughs> now I'm going to apply. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the uh, that was in Boston in Charles Street in the in a corner in Charles Street, and I remember that I after I I, I hear him telling me that I just kind of like stand in in that particular corner, and I challenge myself to apply to Columbia. And, and I also asked for a couple of uh, more wishes. So 
yeah, so then kind of like I start speeding up the whole process of learning English uh, and I lock myself uh, for one month in a house just to learn English with a methodology that I created and because the deadline was February. So then I was able to take the, the different exams and to apply and I was accepted to Colombia and months later I was still parking cars in the same street of Charles Street in Boston and I saw that guy again no way yeah yeah and i run to him and i and i and i thank him you know i told him you know what i don't know if you remember me but uh you told me this on december 24th guess what uh, i applied to colombia uh, here is the letter of, of acceptance because i had it with me on my backpack and um and i hope i can meet your daughters there <laughs> <laughs> Um, and well, and but I thank him, right? Because if uh, probably if he would never ever told me that I wasn't able to 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 make it happen, I, I would never get the courage to to apply. So it's interesting that you know it sounds like you came from a place where back home, you know, a lot of people said basically, unless you get this certain type of job, you're really not going to go very far, and you get to. Uh, working this job in Boston, and yet again you have another guy who says, you know, I don't think you would make it. Now, for your average person who gets told one too many times that they won't be able to do something, it's very hard. Uh, how do you, you know, respond to that? How do you uh, listen to so many people telling you that you can't accomplish something and still, you know, keep the, the motivation and keep the courage to go out and do it anyway? I think is is I mean again kind of like life is just um, about uh, is is about a game and you know like again kind of like sometimes you have more difficult tasks than others but the most important part is is just to have fun with whatever you're doing and and to persuade until you get whatever you you want so. I basically I have this very optimistic mind and and I do I'm a very kind of like a optimistic guy about everything right so um basically I, I I just kind of like I see possibilities and in, in the impossible and and I like to kind of like to challenge those and to make things happen uh but that that's kind of like the energy that I precisely get when I'm trying to pursue this sort of like difficult tasks. So really harnessing that energy and saying, you know, I, I don't have to be defined by what someone else has laid out for me, you know, and realizing that, uh, you know, it's, it's very hard for someone else outside of our own bodies to understand who we are and what we're capable of. Right. You know, it's, it's, mm. we know what we can do. Um, and so really keeping in mind and remembering that, uh, someone who's a complete stranger, uh, you know, if they're telling you that you can't accomplish something, well, the truth is they don't really know anything about you and, th and they don't know where you come from and they don't know your story. Uh, and so I think it's really quite admirable that you were able to come back and, uh, you know, he was probably put back into your life for a very good reason to show him that, you know, not only was he wrong, but that anybody can really make it. Uh, and I think it's awesome that you were able to come back and say, hey, you know, I don't know if you remember me, but, uh, you know, you told me I wouldn't make it and I did. Um, and, you know, and to thank them for that, because, you know, a lot of the times, 
uh, I think people do go off and do it and accomplish it because of that one person that said they couldn't. So that's awesome. Um, you know, in your bio, you actually are labeled a happiness prankster. Tell me a little bit about what this means. You know, I've seen some pretty wild stuff. I remember, uh, you know, people have done some crazy stuff on the subway in New York. Uh, I remember seeing a video that went viral online where uh, this guy got 100 people to dress up like Best Buy employees and to walk into a Best Buy and just walk around. Um, (laughs) So I know that there's so many cool things going on out there. But, you know, what are you doing to create happiness in the lives of others? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> so I believe you know, like everybody has its own vision of the world, right? So even though, like, if you, Svan and myself, we can like, we are in a museum and we are staring to a painting, right, at a painting. Probably the image that you'll see is very different than the image that I'll see, right? So. I believe kind of like, you know, like everybody has its own vision of the world. So I believe, you know, I, I see like a very kind of like funny and happy world while I'm walking around. And when I see things, I just have to make them happen. So that's kind of like another thing. I just make them happen without uh, questioning myself a lot. So for instance, uh, in terms of like a happiness prankster from like the very small things such as, you know, one day I was walking with a friend in New York City and then I saw um, that a company was uh, putting in the garbage a lot of red carpets, right? So basically I told my friend, dude, how about if we have kind of like, you know, kind of like uh, this uh, walk for the movie stars when they walk for the, the red carpet, you mm-hmm. know? So how about if we do like a red carpet on the subway? And he's, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, whoa, dude, this is amazing. So, <laughs> so then we kind of like run to that truck and we start putting all those red carpets in the back. And then uh, with more friends, we start going to different like uh, subway stations and start recreating the whole experience of a uh, red carpet. So, you know, we were kind of like with cameras and we were kind of like clapping and people were like, <laughs> and people, some, most of people were confused, but other people really you know, really like it. So they were kind of like, you know, high-fiving other people and so on. Um, uh, so, but that was kind of just about like to to give a different experience to commuters, right? Because for me, kind of like the subway sometimes is one of like the most uh, sad places and people are really kind of like just anger, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, my whole rationality was how can I make them have a different experience, right? That's awesome. And it literally started from just seeing some extra carpet that was laying around. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, like other day I was in Boston and I remember I walked into this restaurant and um, and then I started uh, seeing around me and then I saw this woman who was, you know, with her boyfriend and they were talking, but they were on their cell phones. And I saw, you know, like couples just sitting next to each other, but watching their cell phones and nobody having a real interaction. So then I asked a friend of mine, hey, why do you think make these people happy? And she said, well, Mario, um, you always have post-it notes and you always have Sharpies. Why you don't, you know, go and ask them what makes them happy? And I thought that was a very clever idea. So that's what I did. You know, I took my uh, Sharpies. I took, uh, I didn't have a post-it note, so I took a bunch of napkins. And I start asking people around, and suddenly, you know, like uh, the guy said, "Well, you know, well, my my girlfriend makes me happy," or the girl said, "Like flowers, my parents," and you know, basically the whole atmosphere of the restaurant changed. 
So everybody started talking about happiness, and from that particular uh, event, my friend uh, uh, challenged me to collect 3,000 of these post-it notes and create an art exhibition. So the, the following day, I built a website called Happy Post Project, and then I started hitting the streets of Boston with a cameraman and asking people what makes them happy, and in less than a month, I got uh, these 3,000 post-it notes I created in an art exhibition, and then one year later, uh, people in 30 different countries were hitting the streets with their group of friends with post-it notes and Sharpies asking people what makes them happy, and we ended up collecting 90,000 post-it notes, and we created a big um, art exhibition in New York with a curator from the Guggenheim. That's awesome. That's crazy, because, I mean, it just it's so simple, too. You know, it doesn't take a lot of work to to make a difference, right? Yeah, exactly. No, it doesn't take a lot of work and um and you know and it could be from the most simple act of, you know, uh to do something nice for your wife, uh you know that she's not expecting or to do to or to invite a, a stranger for lunch, you know, uh, something that I always do like at least once every week or every two weeks is, is try to ask a homeless to have lunch with me and most of the times you know i ended up just sitting on the street with them and striking a conversations and those are very deep uh conversations that uh are very nice for the soul so yes i i see a lot of magic out there it's just a matter of just putting yourself out and just to you know to uh leave in your comfort zone and then you'll discover tons of magic out there that's awesome. So, you know, for anyone listening right now, if I wanted to give them a recipe for how they could go out and, you know, I, I think that uh, it requires being a little bit original, right? Like, of course, I would love it if someone went out with a bunch of post-it notes and did that same thing right now. But how can I give someone a recipe for, you know, creating something new and original that could bring happiness to their own community? Like, what would you what instructions would you give them? Um, I believe, well, kind of like, uh, so the name of the organization that I founded was, uh, make it happy and make it happy was coming from make it happen. Right. And here in the U S it's kind of like, you know, if you want something, you know, make it happen if you want. So for me, it was kind of like, make it happy. It's kind of like to make things happier. Right. So it's kind of like to put yourself on the happy lenses or the happy goals, right? And to see around how can you make things happier or how can, you know, you create happiness for others. It's not only for you, it's for others, you know? It's kind of like, uh, it's uh, it's kind of like at the end of, the, of life, I guess, we are measured, I mean, or we are not, maybe, I don't know, but it's kind of like for how many people we can, we, we impact it in a very positive way. So there is no, I mean, the only recipe is, you know, put on your happy goggles and just think in particular actions. That is something, as you mentioned, right? It's not kind of like, it has to be something authentic that comes from your heart. And everybody, everybody, everybody can make things better. And there is nothing perfect in life. And that's nice. And that's, that's beautiful too. So you always can, you know, make things happier or make things better. So it's just challenge yourself, use your creativity. I mean, just two weeks ago, I was in Cairo and, you know, staring at the pyramids 
And for me, the message that came while I was staring at the pyramids is the power imagination is, uh, is, is, uh, is, is amazing, right? So just to think that 7,000 years ago, a group of people just uh, start, you know, like thinking about, about how to create something such as a pyramid. And 7,000 years later, they're still there and we are still staring at them. It's amazing. So for me, the, ma- the main message was um, the power of imagination is incredible. And the second one was make possible the impossible. So use your imagination to put your in, and put your own happy Googles and just do something and put a deadline, right? I mean, not don't wait until next month or until 2017. Just try, you can do things today or this week. That's awesome. Well, a big point that you brought up there was that, you know, this is not just for you. This is for everyone else out there. Um, I'd be curious as we kind of close off this episode, how have you changed as a person because of these things that you've been able to do for others and because of the happiness you've been able to bring to everyone? Uh, it's very interesting. So happiness I mean, not. I mean, I mean, my happiness projects. No happiness in general. No, not the emotion, neither the feeling. But you know, when I started working on happiness, was um, everything started with two questions. The first one was, "What is your gift?" And the second one, "How can how can you use this gift to make this world a better place?" And by doing something out of curiosity trying to answer that questions because they sound easy but they're not really easy but those are precisely the type of questions that we need to ask ourselves on a daily basis right Mm -hmm. so when I was in this journey to find out what are my gifts and how can I use those gifts to make the world better I start building all these projects around happiness and thanks to that I was able to travel the world I mean I have been doing happiness projects in in Qatar, in Jamaica, in Cairo, in, I mean, all the different continents in Latin America as well. So I have been able to travel the world. Secondly, I've been able to, to funny or not, but I, I got my visa to the U.S. also because of a happiness project as a, as a special ability. Um, I was also able to, to, to find a lot of uh, the uh, my very close friends that I can call them right now my best friends I was thanks to happiness and I was able also to meet my wife because my wife uh, reached out to me uh, because she was curious about my happiness initiatives so happiness definitely has I mean those happiness initiatives have changed my life completely so if you ask me about my life uh, six years uh, like five years ago six years ago I wanted I was in the finance sector and because of this, um, you know, now I, I'm surrounded by like different people. Uh, I have a wife uh, and uh, and many other things, many other blessings that um, have come after I follow my passion. That's fantastic. Well, Mario, this has been an awesome discussion with you. I'm glad we got to share that with everyone. And of course, I encourage everyone to go out and, you know, if that means taking post-it notes with you, if that means starting your own happiness project, you certainly should. Mario, what's the best place, you know, website-wise for people to check out what you're doing and to keep track of you? I know you've been active with TEDx, so I'm sure you have some videos out there. Um, Where can people learn more about you? Absolutely. So right now... um... 
I'm kind of like uh, rebuilding things, but uh, so I help um, the WeMakeHappy.org. Um, that's for the happiness initiatives that uh, that we're I'm doing right now, um, and also my well, my personal site is ChamorroMario.com, and or we can be friends and <laughs> on Facebook. So any of those three will be fine. And um, right now I'm also. Uh, becoming a tech entrepreneur so I'll be kind of like also like doing other crazy stuff um, out of curiosity so I guess we make it we make happy that or could be an interesting place good stuff well thanks so much for being here today certainly look forward to keeping in touch with you and uh, keep going out there and doing what you're doing thank you so much for the time and you know and now I challenge you Sifan to do something nice uh besides all this podcast right uh to make someone else happy this week and just uh share that with your audience in your next podcast you got it okay thank you so much thanks make it happy bye hey everyone it's zef did you like this episode be sure to subscribe so that you can tune in next week and tell a friend about the show if you want access to free training and exclusive interviews on success happiness, lifestyle design, and adventure, visit me at yearofpurpose.com. Until next time, go out and let life surprise you so that you can live a life rescripted. scripted